So Sam, you're sounding a little better than you were last week. Thank you. I think I kind of feel better. Now I am in the expel stage. I don't know if I said that last time. No, you did not. Because <clears throat> I would have noticed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have a little like rasp to your voice though, still. Yep. I I like I like how you said that. You wouldn't be able to say that in normal American English. You have a little bit of rasp. Very. Yeah. <laughs> I was a little late in leaving the office today. Working late? Um, yeah, just wrapping up some stuff because uh, I'm going to a conference tomorrow. It's called Clean Ads. It's <laughs> actually a conference called Clean Ads. Wow. Sort of best practices on ads that don't offend. And there's a whole conference about that. <laughs> there is. I think there's a, there's a flip side. There's like the anti-conference, the <laughs> dirty, dirty ads. <laughs> yeah. Inject as much JavaScript as possible. Pretty sure that's uh, that's pretty much any other ad conference. <laughs> yes. We're going to put pop-ups on your pop-ups. On your pop-ups. <laughs> but isn't a conference about clean ads sort of preaching to the converted? Like the kind of people that are going to go to a conference about clean ads already care about clean clean ads? Oh, I see what you're saying. You're it, It's sort of like Volvo buyers buying Volvos and sort of reiterating their safety because they know that it's safe, but they're also looking for safe cars. Note to self, never go to a Volvo's buyer's club. <laughs> Which is on Thursday for me now. Yeah. <laughs> who even does this? Like, who cares enough to put on an ad? I mean, uh, put on a conference about clean ads. The main sponsor is Ad Exchanger, which is sort of like one of the biggest ad exchange network. Um, and there are they are a huge network. If you ever want to go into programmatic ads, um, you would most likely go into Ad Exchange or Ad Exchanger. Sorry. It mm -hmm. is so. It's possibly a bit of a PR thing as well. They're like, hey. Look at us, we care about clean ads. Well, I think the general consensus is that um, even if you go through Ad Exchanger, the clean, the quote-unquote cleaner your ads are, the better performant they are, right? So even as an even as Ad Exchanger, like you do want um, generally cleaner ads because they perform better. If they perform better, that means they get more volume. Right, and so Ad Exchanger is literally the exchange that they don't make the creatives is mm. is trying to encourage a digital agencies i guess or the ad agencies right. to make right. better ads they might have like a creative services wing which i don't uh, right. yeah i don't know if they actually do but a lot of these ad networks do have creative um creative services i think those are more left to agencies that create these ads yeah there's an interesting <clears throat> um yeah maybe not a brouhaha but uh a ripple in the podcasting world over the last week or two mm. with reports of some of the larger podcasters having had a uh, a secret, and I put that in air quotes, meeting with Apple to yeah. try and talk about metrics and tracking and trying to get better data from Apple of mm. who's listening to shows, who, how long are they listening for, where do they drop off, stuff like that. Right. Wasn't there a concern that Apple... If they do this, they would essentially be owning the podcasts that are put into their network as well. Right. I mean, it was really unclear. Mm. Um, but yeah, there was certainly that. There was also talk of doing like a paid system, mm -hmm. sort of a app store. I, I mean, yeah, again, it wasn't particularly clear. People were making the analogy of, you know, podcasting now is sort of like how blogging was in like maybe the mid 2000s and then comparing the state of, you know, ad tech on mm. the web now, just how awful it is. 
and right. you know, forecasting or really you know, getting concerned that we really don't want that to happen to podcasting because right now you know cpms for podcast podcast ads are crazy high yep they are sort of 40 50 dollars sam you can probably tell us how much uh, a banner ad impression should we define what a cpm is oh, no, this is getting really nerdy i'm not sure if this is going to go in the show <laughs> yeah and i think it really varies depending on which network you use and like what type of product and what field you're in like right cpm essentially stands for cost per 1000 views um or uh, click per milli which is french which is mm. so fancy so yeah this is the price you pay uh for your your ad to reach a thousand people i will put a link in the show notes if you're interested if you're interested in this i'm not sure why you would be but if you happen to be interested in this there's quite an interesting episode of upgrade mm. which is a uh it's kind of an apple tech podcast uh, Jason Snell and Mike Hurley run it from the Relay FM. Mm. But they had uh, Lex Freeman on their last episode. He's an executive at Midroll. Uh, so Midroll are a bit like Ad Exchanger because they are an ad exchange, but for podcasts. So they get, you know, uh, podcasts and mm-hmm. advertisers, and they make that link together. I am very familiar with Midroll actually. I think I really like the relationship between the advertiser and the show host. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, what you do is you lay out a script for your product. For a particular uh, podcast, right? Something that you feel resonates with your audience or your demographics. And then what the host of that podcast will do is work with the script and actually put it into one of their reads. So um, like, I know this really good podcast, you know, and I like the host um, and they talk about Squarespace, but they talk about it in their own way, right? So it brings like their flavor to it, makes it more relatable to you as a listener. Whereas another podcast that talks about Squarespace could take a completely different approach, but they still have this rough script to work on, meaning they need to talk about a certain benefit that Squarespace might have, but they sort of put it in their own terms and say stuff like, you know, I use Squarespace, which may or may not be true. In the case of Reply All, they use Squarespace to make to make sites that shame each other. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> yes. Or on um, the Flophouse, Elliot always makes a ridiculous website. Is that using Squarespace? Uh, yeah. So yeah, so I feel like it's really great in terms of being able to explain your product's values without uh, abiding to like a 15 or 30 second spot. Yeah, it's completely different to radio. It's like how radio ads mm-hmm. would go. It's just you just buy this 15 seconds of something. Right. And you don't really know if it fits in with the rest of the show. But you're absolutely right because like there aren't any good ways to measure directly how that um how that advertisement read yes performs within the podcast, right? Yes, exactly. And there's also real no effective way for you to A/B test that as a advertiser. Well, they I mean they all they have is like the offer codes or the special URL to go to. Right. It's but kind of track. A true conversions. A/B test would make another variation for that same podcast. Yeah, so there has been some movement in this. Like if you remember on season 2 of Serial, we got different ads at the beginning of um oh, right. when we started listening to episode 1. Ooh. So there is some so that's the other hot topic in the podcasting world right now is the dynamic ad insertion Hmm. so instead of uh hard boiling in (laughs) baking in uh, there's no opposite of dynamic uh so maybe upon download something else gets included or spliced in i believe serial used something from 
BRX called Dovetail, mm. and that is a dynamic ad insertion platform that they built um, for, yeah, I guess like the Radiotopia shows, um, and Serial used it. Exactly how it works, I'm not sure, but I believe there is some sort of demographic or geographic information stored there, like, oh, people on the West Coast get ads for hot dogs. People on the, on the West Coast get oh, ads yeah. for suntan. It probably pre-renders them all at some point and just saves like the URLs that are specific to each demo. And that URL is probably hot swapped on the fly. So right now there is this kind of move to making ads more, Mm. um, yeah, more technically advanced, but then we're paralleling the, you know, how awful web advertising has become and display ads have become. Yep. And people are concerned that, you know, we don't want that for podcasts. That's kind of why podcasting is so awesome right now Mm. is that, you know, the, the ads are great. If you think about compared to every other media yep. or every other medium, you know, I'll happily sit through uh, Hello Internet, read for Squarespace or Casper. I'm going to cough again. Hold on. Okay. Do it. <coughs> oh. The thing about this cough is that I'm getting very powerful coughs, which is really, I think is interesting because I would say like each different string of cold produces a different kind of cough. <laughs> this is an interesting theory I have not heard before. Right? It's it's actually true because like other people in, in my cubicle area or like my, my squad area mm-hmm. that have this cold actually have a very very similar cough, which is one, very gross. <laughs> and two, um, I don't know, like I feel like that is like the unique personality of the cold, right? It's like... Um, this cold is actually doesn't affect the lungs as much, but maybe it affects the, the throat. And so how your body naturally reacts to it is it produces these really violent coughs to try and expel whatever's in there. And that's the coughs, that's the, uh, that's the cold's personality. Exactly. That's like, <laughs> you know, the character traits of this cold. You could do a uh, a character sheet. What's the what do we what, what were we talking about last time? Character alignment chart. Yeah, you do a cold alignment chart. Right. This is extreme. This is a chaotic mucus. evil cough <laughs> or chaotic evil cold. I feel like I sound like a um, high like a teenager who is going through changes kind of voice goes up and down at, at, at random yeah <laughs> <laughs> no you sound fine <laughs> so let's talk about episode 24 show notes by the way okay. yes we're on episode 24 yes sir we are two away from one half of a year that's kind of exciting yeah i guess speaking of episodes and upcoming and getting to episode 26 uh, we should have a little public service announcement in that uh, service may be interrupted for the next couple of weeks as we both have international travel coming up. That's right. We're going to do our best to try and get some shows out because we are actually going to both be in Stockholm together. So we might, well, in fact, we are going to try and do a show together in person. That is the plan at the moment. We'll mm-hmm. see how that works out. We'll see how that works out. Yeah. And then I'm going to be in London for a couple of weeks after that and Sam is going to be back in New Jersey. So I think we can find some time where the uh, the time zones overlap, mm-hmm. but we can't promise anything. Right. So we apologize in advance, but I'm sure you don't care. 
but there you go. <laughs> okay, any updates from uh, previous shows, Sam? Anything you want to talk about? Were you able to listen to the character alignment stuff? Oh, fuck. I did not. Do you know what? I didn't realize it was actually a show. Now now that I'm looking at it, it's a link to a, to a WNYC. Mm. I thought it was just an imager link. <laughs> no, I said it was from Studio 360. And you're like, oh, I Studio never- 360. Oh, right. Yeah, sorry. Nope, I have not heard that. I'm going to put that in, in, in Overcast right now. Mm-hmm. But I also haven't followed through with any of your suggestions. we were going to talk about captain america civil war tonight for folks that have seen it um i would recommend an episode of the incomparable which is also has jason snell who was in upgrade earlier um talking about podcasts and apple tech um he has a show the incomparable which i can't spell comparable what is the incomparable it's a little mini network of uh, pop culture shows mm-hmm. and then it is also a also a podcast as well so there is there is a podcast called the incomparable but then there's also the incomparable network which has a bunch of, ah. of other shows on there uh but anyway there is an episode where they talk about captain america civil war mm. and out of all the things i've listened to about captain america civil war this is probably the closest that i think i get to agree with mm. those folks so you won't have listened to me talk about it next time because you can just listen to, to this show. But Would you say that your opinions on movies get swayed a lot by these podcasts that you listen to? No, but it is interesting to see other mm-hmm. perspectives. Would you say that your opinion of the show or movie gets heavily swayed by your significant other? Oh, uh, this was a theory you have floated previously. Yes. Yeah, which I would tend to agree with. It's funny because I can't decide if it's... I mean, we must be swaying each other, but mm-hmm. we most often agree right seemingly without influencing each other even though i'm sure we are i think it also stems from deep empathy for one another right would you know someone that well yep you will know if they like something or not or not only that like if they say something about it you immediately try to put yourself in their shoes to see it from their perspective right without even you knowing it and when even from body language you can right. probably tell their their opinions which is why I think the only time that you probably would disagree with someone that you're watching a movie, either it's like completely platonic, right? Like a buddy that you go watch a movie with. Mm-hmm. Or if it is your significant other, like you actually hate them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be interesting. We should do an experiment. Like We should just watch movies separately from our significant other mm-hmm. and then come back and do a blind reveal of whether we enjoyed the movie or not yeah you need to watch it at least another movie then with each other yeah yeah there's no way to properly a b test this right unless you have like clones oh yes <laughs> or time travel but, but no even time both, tra- both yeah. great ideas <laughs> <laughs> well sam go watch winter soldier nope the new one civil the war civil war yeah because i would be interested to talk to, to you about it gotcha did you like winter soldier uh I only hesitate because they all kind of blend together. I've now, I mean, I think I am suffering a little bit of Marvel fatigue. Yeah. In that, I think that happened during Civil War where I just couldn't remember what the fuck was going on. (laughs) Despite having seen all the Marvel movies up until this point. Right. I don't remember enough about Winter Soldier to be able to talk about it or remember what I thought about it. Guess I've been entertained by Captain America movies. I... I know I don't have a particular affinity for Captain America 
the previous movies particularly. I remember, I think I enjoyed the Thor movies more. Whoa, really? Well, they could have the Cat Dennings and uh, it's not Katie Holmes, is it? Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman and that dynamic. I can remember that dynamic more mm-hmm. and enjoying that. Whereas Captain America is a little bit prim and proper, and I don't know, there was never, I never was never totally captivated, <laughs> captivated by Captain America. <laughs> Thank you so much. Wow. Uh, anyway, so yeah, watch the war though. It'll be, um, we can talk about it. Okay. One other update, I kind of wanted to ask you about this based um, on last week's show where we talked about Total Recall. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to get your opinion because, Sam, you are my yardstick for a normal human being. Mm. I was really curious as to what a normal human being thinks about bodybuilding. Yeah, I was just very interested as to what a normal person thinks of that because I guess as someone who kind of enjoys going to the gym yep. and is a gay male... Yep. Uh, the idea of getting underneath a bar of and putting heavy weights on it and yep. trying to move that, and then also looking at men not wearing much clothing. Yep. These two ideas are pretty normal to me. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. But then mm. I realize, what what do you think about it? For me, like bodybuilding, there's different aspects to it. I think if you take it as seriously as Arnold does, it becomes a sport, right? It It becomes you know, shaping yourself. And I think that's why like a lot of dudes like it is because they call it a transformation, right? Like mm-hmm. they call it their body transformation and they're actually crafting their body to what it looks like Some in magazines. Ideal. Yeah, right. exactly. And they have complete control over it. And, and I think why it appeals to like straight males yeah, um, is also the fact that it takes extreme control and dedication. Right. Right. And I think yeah. that, that, that level of rigidity is kind of a turn on for, for dudes, right? The discipline and the rigor. Right. But in terms of like looking at bodies, like I think at that point, if you're at that level, you're look you're not really looking at a dude's body. You're looking at like um mm. those deltoids. You're looking at those pecs, right? It's like details. Yeah. And also like I think they also appreciate other people's body because they know exactly how much work has gone into it. Right. right. Yeah. If they see like a dude that's totally ripped, they're gonna be like now that I've started bodybuilding, I know how much work that takes to get to that level. Mm-hmm. And it's like, kudos to that guy for making it there. Well, thank you, Sam. Thank you for representing the ordinary Straight man. <laughs> Basic Dudes by Sam Wu E. <laughs> what is it like for you? Is it... Um, I'm just curious as to why men would want to watch a bunch of other men in posing trunks. Well... No. And oh, I see. It's more thing. like a as a spectator sport. That is kind of weird. I mean, even I mean, even in Total Recall, I think mm-hmm. he didn't have a great. I think he had difficulty expressing expressing himself or expressing why this was a thing he liked to do. Yeah, you know, or yeah, the adoration. I suppose. Uh, I mean, the adoration is kind of easy to understand why, but um, I think like from what I took from that book is people who generally watch the sport at when he was like starting out at that time it was mm. it was sort of an emerging sport. But at the same time, people who went to these events were aspiring bodybuilders as well. Because it has certainly waned in popularity, mm-hmm. you know, from the, the heydays of Arnold. I mean, it used to I think some of the shows used to be on ESPN, you know, yeah. and now, I mean, do you even know who the current Mr. Olympia is? No, but now I think there are other variations, right? Like now you have CrossFit. The CrossFit Games or something. Yeah. yeah. I feel like there's always uh, a different type of sort of athletics. But yeah, it's less of a freak show now, right? It's like, 
I feel like during the 80s, it was kind of a stage where it was kind of like wrestling. It was a spectacle. That's not, I mean, it's still sort of a spectacle, but maybe just like people, like the audience's uh, tastes have changed. Mm. Perhaps it was almost like a freak show in a way, you know, like the way the Victorians would have, you know, the, the bearded ladies and the... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else. Uh, yeah, uh, three armed dwarfs or something. Right, like that, that would be a thing. Like, oh my god! In this, you know, the late sixties and seventies, perhaps you know, people hadn't been exposed to this sort of extreme f- sport, and it was like, wow, this is amazing, and this is a spectacle to behold. Well, isn't Whereas it now also... we're a little bit like, eh, whatever. Yeah, isn't it also now like, um. I don't want to say easier, but things have gotten more streamlined for people to build themselves up. So they can either take drugs and they're like already pre-made foods to mm. do very specific types of diets. Where I th- Or I think like before things were a little bit uncharted territory. So a lot of it was discipline, whereas now you can actually pretty much follow a set routine that has been established before. And as long as you stick to it, you can get those results. I think people would probably say like the just the differences in people's physiologies is makes that tricky, like the mm. cookie cutter approach. You know, if you are going to talk about you know being Mr. Olympia or being on that that level, um, but yeah, you're right. Certainly, drug use has increased an awful lot. I mean, I still think Arnold Schwarzenegger must have taken a shit ton of drugs to become. Mr. Olympia, even in the seventies, I know he, he addresses. He talks about it in one sentence. Yep. <laughs> in the book. Yeah. Yeah. I was hoping for a little bit more um, transparency, but I did see that, and I also watched like Pumping Iron right after I read the book. The way like that culture was, like it it seemed more about actual working out than like doing the drugs. I don't know, especially when you see like Lou Ferrigno's side. Mm-hmm. It was like pure effort and pain. I don't know. I might be completely wrong. Yeah, I guess we will never know. Let's get this energy back up. <clears throat> I am like whispering because of my voice. What games are you playing right now, Sam? So two uh, are sort of hitting the waves these days. <gasps> Can I guess? Yes. Stardew Watermelon Valley? Nope. Can we talk about that? Nope. But you can if you want to. <laughs> well, I don't know anything about it. Well, Except I saw a tweet about someone saying it was great. Stardew Valley. What's it actually called? There you are, thank you. Stardew Valley, yeah. And it's not a watermelon? No. Sounds like Although I think you can plant watermelons in the game. <laughs> Amazing. Stardew Valley is a life sim. Um, it is sort of the, the, the PC version, PC meaning uh, personal computer version of Animal Crossing, which is a popular Nintendo game. I can't play it on my phone. Uh, no. And I do believe one person made Stardew Valley. Uh, which is absolutely insane. That is crazy, Pence. It is a very in-depth game, which you can do a lot of stuff, like actually plant and harvest. It's like a, yeah, it's like if you get to to play these games. But I think it's made so well that people have actually been pretty addicted to this game. Yeah, the reason I brought it up was just that I saw some tweets from people saying how great it is. Mm -hmm. And that reminded me, because I think we had talked about it previously when I found out that it was just one guy making it and it was just a whole thing. Right, I think you sent me an article about it. And you're like, yeah, I know. Psh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Old news, Edwin. Okay, so we're not talking about that. No. What other games are we not talking about, Sam? We are not <laughs> talking about... Well, actually, we are talking about Uncharted okay, 4. That, that was a horrible setup. I apologize. <laughs> uh, so the game that I recently finished up is Uncharted 4. Okay, and this is uh, PlayStation? This is a PlayStation game. It is one of those big AAA 
non-indie game that people like to poo-poo on. Uh, are we going to do that right now? Well, the hipsters like to poo-poo on, except I'm not oh. going to poo-poo on it because it's oh. actually a fantastic game. So is this the game set in an alternate reality New York? Have you talked about this before? No. Oh, fuck. Okay. What is the oh, game that is set in? Is that Quantum Break? Uh, it was something you were playing and you liked exploring like, the Lower East Side. Oh, no. Uh, that is The Division. Oh, okay. Yes. Right. So the division, I'm pretty much done with. Did you win? Well, it's sort of an ongoing okay. <laughs> MMORPG. But Uncharted 4 is just a straightforward story-driven, hey, I'm Indiana Jones slash national treasure slash... Beyonce. Beyonce. Right. Video game that just takes you on this roller coaster ride of a almost very cinematic movie. And it, okay. is, it is the last of the series. Oh, hence four. Have you played the other three? Yes. They're all fantastic um, when they were made. But now if you like revisit it, they do look dated. But this latest one looks amazing. Um, I'm not going to get into the graphics because these days like the graphics are just simply amazing. But rather, the gameplay is pretty exciting. So there are like two aspects. Like One aspect of the game is solving puzzles. So in this game, uh, you are a, I guess, a treasure hunter. Um, looking for the lost treasure of Captain Avery, who is a famous pirate. Do you know who Captain Avery is? No, of course not. Sort of like Blackbeard without the Blackbeard. Okay, what color is it? Uh, brown. Okay, just going brown beard, jeez. So uh, John Avery is a British pirate, and apparently he had this like huge treasure. You come across some information, uh, and then you go looking for the, the hidden treasure. And it goes into, I don't know if you've ever watched National Treasure. I'm saying treasure a lot. There you are. Um, is that anything to do with National Lampoon's <laughs> Christmas Vacation? Almost. Treasure? Okay, thought so. Because it involves Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I would recommend you watching National Treasure just so you can report back. Oh, I like a challenge. All right, fine. So watch National Treasure with Nicolas Cage. It's about, you know, treasure hunting. So Uncharted 4, um, so one aspect is solving puzzles. So you got to look at maps and then uh, you solve puzzles in the room to unlock the secret mechanism that gives you a key to open the door. The other... You have to like traverse cliff sides and climb mountains, but at the same time shoot people. Of course. Um, and so the way the gameplay works here, they actually made it really exciting, is that in one fell swoop, you can actually hook a rope to a tree, uh, swing across to the other side of the cliff, jump off, punch a bad guy while coming down from the rope. <laughs> and as the gun flips up, you catch the gun, shoot people, Throw the gun away, change it to your pistol, hang on the ledge, and shoot the guy with with one hand. <laughs> well, that sounds quite fun. Um, and so that's all possible within the game, and it all happens very fluidly and very naturally, and it's deliberate. Like you can you actually control every aspect of it, and it just makes you feel like a total badass because you're doing these jumps that are impossible, and just as you're about to fall from a cliff, you can hook on the rope, mm -hmm. right, which makes you swing around and then go around to where the bad guys are, and you know <laughs> kill them. So, so how is the story? It's like National Treasure. Pretty amazing. Okay. <laughs> no, it's all done really well. Um, so these guys are the same guys that wrote and made The Last of Us. I don't know if you've heard of that game. No, sir. Okay. Um, that's another But I'm sure story. it's great. It's great. Yeah. Um, but it's, it, it is more like um, bright and lively and action and jokey, whereas The Last of Us was very somber and a little bit more artistic and um, slow paced. Highly recommend it. Like I actually highly recommend it for this year because I feel like next year it's going to 
uh, feel dated. Starting to realize like all these games now have a shelf life on when you can enjoy them the most. Yeah, you've got to get those good graphics while you can. <laughs> right. <laughs> while they still look good. Any mobile games? That's why. That's that's what I want to know about hmm. because I've I have nothing to play anymore. I do have which one. Which is sad. Have you yes. played Hoplite? Oh, I have not. Hoplite, that's spelled H-O-P-L-I-T-E. Mm-hmm. You might like it. Um, it is a bit cerebral. <laughs> oh, well, then I'm out. <laughs> no, it's not that cerebral. You have to plan your moves a little bit. Um, you'll get the hang of it. I do recommend when you play it to play it with the fat thumb mode. I don't know what that means, but I'm sure I'll, fi- I'll figure it out. It means it takes two taps to go to that location. It's it's uh so okay. you're a Spartan and it's kind of like a chessboard but it's like a level and you have to go down 16 levels to to get your prize or something like that. And each level gets a little bit more harder. It's a get, gets a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. And um there are like four or five different types of enemies and each one attacks very differently, but you can see where each bad guy is going to attack next. And so you can move to certain places, dodging the moves of where the bad guys are shooting at. All right. I'm purchasing it now. Great. Oh, I see. You've got like a hex, hexagonal grid yep. of hexagons. Is that a hexagon? One, two, three, four. Yes. One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, wait. Mm-hmm. Hexagon's five. Septagon? Octagon? Oh, fuck. No, you're right. Hexagon oh, right. is six, yeah. Pentagon is five, right. Yep. Okay, yes. Yep. Fun little shape-based quiz I set for myself there. <laughs> oh, the graphics are kind of cute and pixely. Also, you'll be happy to know that Doom is now available on all modern platforms, ah. which has been getting amazing reviews because it is so it feels so visceral like the first time you're playing Doom, although it is a very hard game. So I would highly recommend you picking up a PS4. Oh, well, that's not going to happen. But right. I but appreciate it's just, your... It's intent. so hard. <laughs> If you're going to pick it up on how to play games these days. I feel like I've missed the boat and I can never catch up. Don't give up hope. So have you, have you played Doom? No, but it's on my next okay. next list after I wrap up a bit more on Uncharted. So I finished the main campaign on Uncharted, which mm-hmm. means the main story Did you chart some mode. things as well? <clears throat> I did. It, as soon as you finish it, one of, the achievement, one of the achievements that you get, it says charted. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> oh, I like it. I like it, Sam. Just based on that, that alone, I'm sold. Um, but the, the game actually has like a really great multiplayer, meaning you play other people. Um, and you can do pretty much what I told you, which is jump around on a rope, climb on people's back, kill them, jump off of them, do a tumble, pick up a gun, and then shoot other people. Have you played... Well, I'm going to say no, but let's Have you find played out. Neko Atsume? No. Will you play Neko Atsume? For you, Sam, I will. What do I need to do? What is happening right now? <laughs> Have you heard about this game? I feel like some of the letters sound a little bit familiar. If they're like tweets and social media nonsense. Yep. But um, I know nothing about this, no. So you are in charge of a backyard. And every once in a while, a cat will visit. And you feed oh, okay. these cats fish. You have to collect cats and pictures of cats. Okay. <laughs> Crazy cat lady as a game. Exactly. Amazing. Every once in a while, there's going to be a rare cat. I do like a rare cat. Give it a go. See what you think. I shall. Okay, how do I even begin to spell this? N-E-K-O. Oh, then there it is. It pops right up. Yep. Kitty collector. <laughs> All right, I'm doing it. Well, it's a solid four and a half stars. Something about this game. It has my wife hooked. Now it has me hooked. But I just started playing it. So I had this game for a really long time, but I actually haven't 
played it because I usually don't like these sort of collecting games. That's amazing. You look at the version history. Uh, version 1.0 came out uh, October 2014. Yeah. And, uh, well, yeah, they just kept updating it. A rare, a new rare cat has been added. New goodies have been added. New rare cats. How exciting. You're going to love this. Okay. Oh, God. Sam, I'm scared. I kind of wish I can start it again because I'll start this with you. <laughs> yes! Wow, let's start attracting cats and filling your cat's book. Amazing. You're going to have a good time. Okay. I can guarantee this. This is so complicated. This is like okay. So this is I mean, the music is great. The onboarding is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. As like a new for a new user experience, I was got like walls of text to read. <laughs> so don't worry about that. I think as you go along, it it actually sort of self explains itself. Let's see if we've got a cat. <gasps> a new cat has paid you a visit. <laughs> you can view its profile in your cat book. Okay, now I don't know what's happening. Yeah, now I think you can just that's it. You've oh. done your you've done your deed for the day. Okay. Well, I don't I have nothing in my cat book though. Hmm. You have to scroll around, I think. They don't normally show up. Okay, thank you Sam. You've introduced me to two wonderful new games that'll no doubt waste a whole bunch of my time. Yep. So thank you for that. Thank you. just hot water and honey but would you call that a tea yeah hot honey no that doesn't make sense <laughs> honey hot which is either one a comforting drink or two a porn star <laughs>